0: Welcome to Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM, Prince George's community radio station with your host, Phyllis Warren.
1: Hi everybody. It's nice to talk to you guys again. So I've been waiting for this lady. She has a very interesting story. It's about her experience that she had last year and, um, I think it's time that we started talking about things like this because this is what happens to so many people but we never hear any stories about it. So today our guest is going to be Amberly Mitchell, Michelle. And uh hi Amberly, how are you? I am doing all right. Okay. So um let's start at the beginning. So you weren't feeling very well, and you went and seen your doctor, and let's go from there.
2: I wasn't feeling very well, and then I went to the emergency, so my doctor had sent me to Prince George for an ultrasound.
1: And where's this from? Where do you live?
2: From Brunswick?
1: Okay. So you came to Prince George for an ultrasound?
2: Yes, and they didn't even bother to look at the ultrasound. They just decided to do an emergency surgery.
1: Okay. So you were admitted to the hospital?
2: Yes. They had put me on IV and wouldn't bother telling me what it was. Mm-hmm. And I kept asking... And they didn't even give me papers to sign or ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I was out like, in a temporary coma for like a few weeks.
1: Right. So, um, you come to the hospital, and then you find out that you need this emergency um, operation. And... Um, they prep you for the operation, correct?
2: Yes, they did.
1: Okay. So you go in for this operation. Um, what occurred in that operation, Amber? Lee?
2: Well, but the fact that my chest was constantly hurting and my stomach was starting to swell a bit because of the IV they were giving me mm-hmm. and it caused me to constantly vomit. And after the ultrasound the next day, they'd put me in a room to wait for the, uh, the results. But instead of doing that, they ended up bringing me to the surgery room.
1: Right. So you go in for surgery, mm-hmm. and something occurred in that surgery room. Is that not correct? Yes. What was that?
2: I. Well, um, I had woken halfway through the surgery and there was nobody even in there. And it was like a horror movie because I was strapped down to a table and I was looking at my own organs on top of my stomach.
1: And how, how long were you like that? Did you make them aware of what was going on?
2: Yes, I was like that for about 20 minutes, and I was screaming for help, and nobody was attending, and then after 20 minutes of screaming, the surgeon and his team came back in, and the only thing they could say was, oh my God, she's awake, what do we do?
1: Oh yeah, so then after that occurred, did they put you under again?
2: They did. And after that... And yeah,
1: in the surgery, in the operation room, did they knock you out again?
2: Yes, they had sedated me again.
1: Mm-hmm. And... and
2: hours later, they had woken me up and all...
1: Mm-hmm. Hello? Hello? Yep. So, um... So they put you out again... They woke you up, and you somehow ended up in a coma?
2: Yes, they put me in coma before this. Because I was
1: Okay, can you speak into the phone? We can barely hear you.
2: I went into the emergency at in my hospital in Burns Lake on July 7th. Mm-hmm. Giving me some IVs, I'd started to feel sick and vomiting. And you know, on July they did the ultrasound. And the nurse comes in and injects me with something, and I asked what it was. They didn't bother to tell me. And then after that, I'd woken up three weeks later on the surgery table.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yes. I was basically like in a coma for three weeks. And then I wake up to the most horrifying way, which is being strapped into a table and having a big hole in my stomach. So, um...
1: With your phone right now, because you keep on breaking up, are you on speakerphone?
2: Yes. It's
1: okay, can, can you take it off and just speak into the phone? Hello? Okay. Yeah, because we can barely hear you and you're breaking up and stuff like this. All right. <clears throat> okay. Okay, I think we fixed the problem. So um, you were in Burns Lake, and they gave you an injection, and you ended up in a coma, right? Yes. And then when you woke up, you were sent to Prince George?
2: Well, I was fully conscious. Before they sent me to Burnswick and my mother was with me, but she couldn't come because she had to work. So my husband was with me mm-hmm. and I was in the emergency room in Prince George on July 7th. Right. And they hooked me up to an IV and they said I had to wait for the ultrasound. So on July 8th is when I had the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And they put me in a room saying I have to wait for the results. And then a the nurse comes in and injects me with something, and she doesn't tell me. And then after that, I went into a coma for three weeks and didn't awake until July 29th. And that's when I was strapped on the surgery table. Where there was a big hole in my stomach, my organs were on top of me, and there was nobody in the surgery room.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, this had all occurred, the coma had occurred before your operation, and then you come out of the coma, and you're taken into a surgery where halfway through it, you wake up, and this is what you saw. Yes. And then after they put you out again to finish the surgery, um, how long after that did you wake up? Like, was it a couple hours? or?
2: Yes, it was about three hours, and then they'd woken me up. Mm-hmm. And I was in excruciating pain. hmm And there was... My stomach was all bruised and swelling, and there was stitches.
1: Oh, wow. And so how long after the surgery did you remain in the hospital?
2: I remained there in, for, until August 1st. Okay. Because... Um, on July 30th, I actually finally got to talk with a doctor, and I had asked him what was wrong and why they have to do the surgery, and they had said they took my gallbladder out, and I asked him why, what did I have, did I have gallstones or something, and he said no. Hmm. I said, then what was the point of taking my gallbladder out? And I asked them, did you even bother to look at the ultrasound? And they said, no, they didn't. They just did surgery on me for no reason, basically. So
1: was it like an exploratory surgery that they decided that they needed to perform?
2: I'd assume... We're not really sure but my lawyers has found out some information that the surgeon who did surgery on me wasn't even certified. It was a student ready to graduate.
1: Oh. Okay. Yes,
2: because the hospital that I was in isn't really a hospital. It is being main, main, mainly a college for medical students.
1: Right. Well, I know in Prince George, they, the hospital, um, you know, is still, like, technically a hospital, but they do have, um, you know, doctors who are training here, you know, that's why they've changed the name to the University of, uh, Northern BC Hospital, right? So, some of them are trained and everything, hands-on experience, right? Um, but you know you would think that if they're operating on someone that there would be a doctor in the room plus the student doing the surgery so did they ever explain to you um, about you waking up in the middle of the operation
2: no they didn't and all they told me is it shouldn't have happened
1: and there was no one in the room no okay so um you you've had a long recovery from this is that not correct because when i first seen you you were still having issues because you had just gotten out of the hospital right yes And you had an open wound at that time, and you were concerned about um, infection.
2: Yes, and to this this day forward, I am still in recovery, and my doctors down here assume that they might have taken another organ out of me that we're not too sure of, because ever since this all happened, I've only been getting sicker and sicker.
1: Oh, so is it, you know, still the vomiting and, and being upset stomach that is occurring? Yeah. So is is that what you first started to occur, is that you were vomiting, upset stomach, having a hard time eating? And is that why you first seeked medical help?
2: No, I was having extreme chest pain, Mm -hmm. and my doctor assumed it was because of my stomach when it had nothing to do with it. And then I talked to a different doctor here in Burns Lake, and he recognized the symptoms, and it was only what you call 24-hour heartburn. It was something that feels similar to gallstones.
1: Oh, okay. So it was a chronic case of heartburn that he figured that you had started out with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just continued.
2: Yes. Uh, it lasts for over 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And I guess the doctor i seen in the emergency room thought different. Okay. And then that doctors and PG all thought different too.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, but you're still having the same symptoms now after your surgery, is that not correct? Yes. Okay, so the cause of why you went to see the doctor in the first place is still reoccurring, right?
2: Yes, it is.
1: Okay, so it hasn't eased up. This operation didn't really help with that bottom line.
2: No, it's only made it worse. And I'm on multiple medications, that, and nothing is helping. We're still trying to figure out what to do, and they keep trying to send me back to Prince George, and I, I refuse to go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Because they completely took advantage of me and did not explain anything.
1: Right. So now, with your gallbladder out, do you have to follow uh, a special diet?
2: No. Um, they don't. I guess they don't have any worries about that because the fact that I'm bulimic and I barely eat in the first place, I just. Mainly survive off of liquids.
1: Oh, okay. And what kind of liquids do you um,
2: take? I normally like to drink vitamin water, and if it's not that, I tend to just eat a lot of soup.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, do you like the soup diet?
2: I don't mind it. Yeah?
1: And it may, you know, it's filling enough for you, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, it's unfortunate that this happened, and you have s- sought out legal counsel, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Do do you think that this is going to go in front of a judge?
2: It might, because basically as to what my relatives were saying, I have a few relatives that are lawyers, and they would classify it as a kidnapping. Oh, really? Yes, because I was even telling my doctor down here that I didn't want to go, and... I was even crying, and they only allowed one person to come with me, and it was my husband. Mm -hmm. And he was with me the entire time, and he kept telling me that the entire time I was in a coma, every time there'd be a nurse coming in, and they would keep injecting me with something, and all they told him was, it was to make sure I stay asleep so that I'm not in pain.
1: Oh, so it was a medically induced coma then? Is that what they Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um so <laughs> this is very unfortunate amber lee um but right now i'm gonna introduce we're gonna have a commercial so we'll come back and talk to you so right now we're gonna go to a commercial break and we're gonna have more conversation with amber lee and her experience last year with this horrific medical procedure we'll be right back
0: community radio CFISFM needs your support While our station is run predominantly by volunteers, money is always needed to keep the monthly bills paid as well as for the production of new local programming. Memberships, donations, corporate sponsorships, and advertisers all help to keep your local independent broadcaster functioning. For more information on how you can contribute to this vital part of the Prince George Media Mix, visit our website at cfisfm.ca or give us a call at 250-563-2347.
3: Learn about dementia from anywhere by participating in the Alzheimer's Society of BC's live Wednesday webinars. Join the Alzheimer's Society for part one of our four-part series showcasing the flipping stigma on its air toolkit Wednesday afternoon at 2. Registration and more details are available through the webinar section at alzbc.org. Flipping Stigma, How to Recognize and Respond to Stigma and Discrimination, Wednesday afternoon from 2 to 3 from the Alzheimer's Society of BC through alzbc.org transforming not-for-profit leadership vantage point is the top site for not-for-profit resources in bc check out vantage point's latest blog for the do's and don'ts of starting a nonprofit. receive insight into the top legal tips on the startup process as well as ways to avoid issues down the road the next steps for your vision benefits of incorporating possible membership structures and more check out this latest blog post and more at the vantagepoint.ca the vantage point transforming
4: not-for-profit leadership Forecast from Environment Canada for today's sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon with winds from the southwest to 20K gusting to 40, a high of 16 with a high UV index. Tonight, clearing, gusting southwest winds becoming light late this evening, a low of 2 with a risk of frost. On Tuesday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon, a high of 21 with a high UV index.
0: This is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS FM with Phyllis Warren.
1: And we're back again, and we're going to talk to Amberly again um, about her experience in the hospital. So, Amberly, this all started last July, correct? Yes. And when you went to the Burns Lake Hospital of the Emergency, this is when um, your experience with medical started to occur, correct? Yes. Okay. So you entered into the hospital, they put you on IV, and they started introducing uh, a medication that put you in a coma. Yes. Okay. So after they stopped that medication, you came out of the coma, and that's when they decided to send you to Prince George?
2: Yes.
1: <clears throat> so were, you were driven here with your husband to Prince George, is that correct?
2: Yes, we were transported by ambulance.
1: Oh, okay. And um, then the other part where you came to Prince George for an ultrasound, but you ended up in an emergency operation.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Okay. So, after your operation, that's when you found out that they had to remove your gallbladder. Yes, and there was
2: completely nothing wrong
1: with it. Right. And you're still occurring with the same issue that sent you to the hospital? Yes, I
2: am.
1: Okay. Um... We can barely hear you again, Amber Lee. So, um, you also said now you're on medication. How many medications do you have to take in order to help you each day?
2: Well, so far I've tried about seven different medications now, and none of them have been helping.
1: Okay. And what's the medications for? Is it for um, stomach
2: issues? Yes, and some of them were even for acid reflux, but none of that is working. And my family doctor has informed me that they might have damaged some parts and organs in me. And other than that, there might be another organ that they've taken out without informing me.
1: Oh, okay. So is is your doctor doing further testing to see exactly what the issues or what is going on with you?
2: Yes. With, um, normally every week we do multiple testings and I go through a lot of blood work and x-rays and I, well, the only thing I'm not agreeing to is ultrasounds, because I'm scared that it might happen all over again.
1: Right. And Burns Lake does not have an ultrasound machine. Is that why they sent you to Prince George?
2: Yes. They don't have one.
1: Okay. So, have you gone back to the hospital in Burns Lake?
2: I normally have to every twice a week or so.
1: And it's just for the treatment of the ailment that keeps on reoccurring? Yes. Okay. So is this the game plan that you are going to have to continue for quite some time?
2: Yes, until we figure out what is properly going on in my system. Mhm. And the doctor had mentioned that could take years to find out.
1: Oh my. And Amberly, how old are you?
2: Well, today is my birthday and I just turned thirty three.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, happy birthday, Amberly. Thank you. And you're only 33, and you have this digestive stomach issue in your life. Yes. Oh, wow. And um, you said that you have your husband, and I'm thinking that you may have children. Is that correct?
2: Well... We were planning to, but after this whole incident, I am incapable of giving birth now.
1: Okay. So, um, that's been on a hold then?
2: Yes, it is.
1: Okay. So you need to find out what the issue is before you can have a healthy pregnancy. Is that not correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, this medication that you're on, do they figure that you're going to be on it for quite some time then, or is it a life
2: thing? My doctor believes so, but, um, I've also been experiencing, like, experimenting with cannabis, and it's actually been helping, finally.
1: And that's with the pain? Yes. And does it help you eat better when you ex- do your cannabis?
2: Shockingly, it does.
1: Really? I can,
2: I can manage to eat salads and keep it down because if I were to try and eat a salad meal, I would have to take seven gravels half an hour before.
1: Oh, wow. And with, with your cannabis... Um, you don't have to worry about taking gravel
2: then? No, I don't because it also um it also prevents the nausea. Oh, okay. And it also gives me as what do you call it, the munchies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you can eat better when you're using your cannabis. Yes. So what kind of cannabis do you use, if you don't mind me asking? Is it the gummies? Is it uh, THC, CBD?
2: Well, I've been experimenting with different types, and I had noticed the best one that works with me is Sativa.
1: Okay. And
2: so I I use them all. I, I have the Sativa drink. Which is uh, cherry coa, my favorite, and then there's these resin infused gummies. Right. And if I were to go to the plant, I would use a sativa, sativa flower.
1: Right. And the sativa flower is that what you uh, smoke and inhale? Yes. And that seems to help you with the pain and your ability to eat now?
2: Yes, and it also helps with my anxiety because ever since this has all happened, I've developed severe anxiety and they even have me on the Razzopam for that.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, because of, of the experience of waking up in the operating room then.
2: Well, I mean, like, nobody would want to wake up to looking at your own organs.
1: Yes. Yes. And so, I, and thanks. does it help you relax enough so that you can sleep?
2: Yes, it does, because I've been having, ever since then, I've been having nothing but nightmares, and it keeps me up all night
1: the reoccurring nightmares of your experience waking up in the operating room to see what you saw?
2: Well, not just that. I would also have nightmares about, like, the world ending or me losing my adopted children and losing family and also other body parts of me going missing.
1: Right. Right. So the cannabis products help you so that your anxiety isn't so high and it helps you eat, correct?
2: Yes, it does.
1: And then at night it ensures you that you have uh, really rested sleep then? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And... I guess, through using cannabis then, um, it's starting to help you more than the prescriptions that they gave you?
2: Yes, because there would be some weeks. like My routine is I would do nothing but cannabis for a week and not take no prescription medications. And then the next week I would try to... Uh, medication with no cannabis, and then there would be a third week where I would try it with both. Mm-hmm. And I even have this little journal, and so far it seems like the cannabis is helping without the medication.
1: So you tried it, let me get this straight. So the first week was cannabis all. Nothing else. Second week was prescription drugs. Yes. And then the third week you combined the two of them. And that didn't, you know, really do much. So out of the three different ways that you have tried, the Mm -hmm. cannabis is the way to go. Is that what you said?
2: I believe so because it's all natural and it's It seems like there'd be a better way to do it instead of unknown medications because sometimes you don't really know what kind of ingredients are in the medications that they're prescribing you.
1: Right. So um, you said that you take um, the Cherry Cola, which is a THC-flavored pop, correct? Yeah. And then you have resin gummies? Mm-hmm. And then you use sativa flour? Yes. And then at night, what is your regime to use at night?
2: Well, what I would take at night is... I would take some... I would I I have to take some melatonin in order to sleep. Right. I take some I take a natural ten milligram melatonin, like four of those and I'll smoke about three to five joints. Mhm. Just to you know, enjoy the high before I get go to sleep.
1: <laughs> right. And then you're able to sleep throughout the whole night.
2: Yes, because it'll like I notice when I smoke right before I go to bed, I tend not to have any nightmares. I don't dream at all.
1: Oh, okay. So it's more soundful sleep that you're getting.
2: Yes. Because before I started experimenting, my husband and my mother would tell me I would wake up screaming or I would wake up sweating and horrified...
1: Because of your past experience. Yes. Right. So does your doctor know that you're doing the cannabis regime?
2: Oh, yes. I've informed him. And he's always, he's very, um, what do you call it? I'm sorry, I can't see my finger now. But, um...
1: He's more understanding about why you're doing it? Is that it?
2: Yes. Um, He's even asking me to write down files and give him updates on what works. He even asked me to experiment differently by trying Indica or Hybrid. Okay. And see how that does. Right. So I've been thinking about starting to do that. I'm just used to my regular routine of only Sativa products. Right. And you know
1: with the cannabis that there is uh, other things like CBD, which, Mm you know, doesn't have THC. Um, And then there's the CBN, which helps people relax and sleep too. And then there's CBG, that helps people, uh, their bodies be receptive to the cannabis. Have you tried any of those three?
2: No, I haven't, but... I assure you, I'm writing it down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting to try.
1: Yes, and you know it's a combination, and like you said, some people need to experiment until they find the correct um, method. Just like um, being on uh, prescription pills, right? The doctors try and figure out which combination would help cover more of the symptoms that the patient is having, right?
2: Yes.
1: And your doctor is keeping an eye on what you're doing and you keep them updated with how you're using your uh, cannabis products, correct? Yes, I am. So, um, are you feeling better since you started the cannabis or no you don't really see an improvement yeah
2: Well, see there's a 75% improvement in almost everything
1: right now is this the medical cannabis or is it just you going into a store and and figuring out what would work better for you there
2: Oh, I try some medical, and if I'm unable to get my medical marijuana, what I would do is I'd go into the dispensaries mm-hmm. and I would see what they have on hand.
1: Right. So, when you're doing the medical marijuana regime, uh, your doctor has been prescribing
2: things then? Yes, he gives, I have a green card and. He tells me to experiment differently instead of just using one strand, because you never know that if I use different strands, it might be better than the one I'm using. Right. Right.
1: And so, are, have you started using the different strains of um,
2: cannabis? No, but this week, like After today, I was planning to try something involving hybrid. I'm just not quite too sure yet. Mm hmm. Okay. Well,
1: Amberly, again, I need to stop our little conversation here because we need to have a commercial break. So, everyone, we're talking to Amberly Mitchell and Michelle and um, her experience that she had um, through her medical. So we'll be right back.
4: On May 5th, the Prince George RCMP located a vehicle which had been reported stolen, containing multiple electronic devices, which are also believed to be stolen. Large photos of these items are available on the Prince George RCMP website. If you believe any of these items belong to you, bring proof of purchase or ownership to the local detachment to speak with an officer. Proof of ownership would include a receipt with serial number or other uniquely identifying information.
3: Summer break is right around the corner, and Two Rivers Gallery's summer camps are filling up fast. With themes ranging from sculpture, pirates, nature, and more, there is sure to be a camp or two that sparks your child's interest. All art clubs and summer camps are almost full, so don't wait to register. Secure your child's spot today. Registration and full details are available at the gallery and through twoviversgallery.ca twenty twenty three Art Clubs and Summer Camps for the months of July and August, Book through Two Rivers
4: Gallery today. Learn practical strategies to better understand the changes in behavior and respond in supportive ways. June 22nd with the Alzheimer's Society of BC. Focus on Behavior, Understanding Behavior Changes is a two-hour in-person education session taking place at the Alzheimer's Society's Resource Centre on Victoria. To register or more information, call the First Link Dementia's Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Forecast from Environment Canada for today's sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon with wind from the southwest to 20K gusting to 40, a high of 16 with a high UV index. Tonight clearing, gusting southwest winds becoming light late this evening, a low of 2 with a risk of frost. On Tuesday sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon, a high of 21 with a high UV index.
0: Hosted by Phyllis Warren, this is Community Echoes on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we're back and we're talking
1: to Amberly Michelle who has had a horrific experience with um our healthcare system and now she is starting to branch out and and try different ways in order to make her life back to normal. Um so Amberly, we were talking about your um, use of cannabis and and how your doctor has approved that this could be one way of uh, correcting all the issues that you have had. Is that not right?
2: Yes, because the first week after my surgery when I was home, I was in so much pain that my brother came up and asked if I wanted to smoke a joint with him. And I was so desperate in need to get rid of this pain, I thought I would try anything. Mm-hmm. So I said yes, and it actually did take the pain away, and it brought back somewhat of my appetite.
1: Right. And and before this, were you a cannabis user, if you don't mind?
2: Oh, yes, I have been. It's because I also have epilepsy.
1: Oh, Okay.
2: And And three types of cancer.
1: Oh, okay. So the cannabis regime seems to help all three of your conditions then, your cancer, your um, epilepsy, and now your digestive issue?
2: Yes, it does. It seems to be a much more simpler, healthier way to deal with my issues instead of Poisoning myself more with medications that are, say, can be harmful to other parts of the body.
1: Right, and they and pharmaceuticals seem to have uh, more side effects tied to them too. Correct. Yes. Okay, so the cannabis seems to work better. So you you try the liquid. You have tried the gummies, and now you're. Um, Smoking the cannabis, and your doctor wants you to try the different strains of the flower. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Because I have a prescription here right now. For example, it's called pentaprazole. Okay. And the side effects cause dizziness, vomiting, diarrhea, and upset stomach. And I have no idea why would they put me on that if... I'm already having these
1: symptoms. Right. So <laughs> your symptoms are diarrhea, upset stomach, and they give you a pill that's going to cause that? Yes. Okay. So have have you filled that prescription?
2: Oh, it's yes, it's been filled, but I'm not taking it.
1: Because you read about the side effects that it causes. Is that correct?
2: Yes, I tend to read all of them. Mm-hmm. So how many
1: pharmaceutical uh, items have you been given this past year to treat your issue? I've been on seven different types of medications. It's difficult. Okay. So it, it's seven different types of per- prescriptions or pharmaceutical items that you have been given
2: and for the pain I've been put on gabble panton threes and what were these called? it's a little white pill I can't pronounce and There's literally 17
1: words. Oh, my goodness.
2: I can't seem to find my glasses, but...
1: So you have three different types of painkillers that have been prescribed to you? Yes. And then you smoke one um, pre-roll or joint or whatever of cannabis, and that works better than your three painkillers?
2: Yes, it does, because I constantly take those and it only takes a small amount of pain away for at least half an hour. but if I tend to smoke a, a pre-roll, then the pain would be gone for hours. and I'm not feeling nauseated from because the T3s tend to make me feel nauseated, right And the gabble tends to give me anxiety. Okay. And these little ones, they tend to interfere with my legs because I have osteoarthritis and zero bone marrow in the left side of my leg.
1: Oh, wow. So it it gives you uh, a hard time to walk then? Is that it?
2: Yeah, I'm also due for another surgery in Prince George, which is I don't want. Oh, But this time it's for my wig because I've arrested kneecap and a surgeon named Dr. Moran wants to take it out. Your kneecap? Yes.
1: And are you getting a replacement?
2: Well, um, he has this stupid idea, which is my doctor said it was. He wants to take the kneecap out and see if I could walk without it. When I have no knee because I was completely shattered when I was in a car crash as a teenager.
1: hmm So they're just going to take the kneecap out and not give you a new kneecap? Is that it? Yes. And they figure with no kneecap, you'll be able to walk?
2: Yes, that's Dr. Moran's belief.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: Wow. Um, I've almost died three times on on the surgery table from him as well. Oh. Okay.
1: So, but when you're using your cannabis, your marijuana, it, it seems to help you with all these ailments that you have? Yes. It does. And... Your life is kind of, sort of, back to normal when you're yeah. using your cannabis.
2: Yeah, it is. I'm somewhat happier and I'm capable of um cooperating with the pain. Right. And I can handle it much better. Right. As to before, I would be laying in bed all day crying and because nothing would be really helping anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and with the cannabis, you can eat. You have no problem eating. And it yes, helps. I'm
2: capable of having one meal a day.
1: Right. And then... Um, that helps with your digestive system to get something solid in and it seems to be working better then? Yes. Okay. And then for pain management, it seems to be doing the job and and it um, helps you relax with your anxiety and it helps you um, sleep better? Yes, it does. So if someone was going through the same thing, what would you suggest, the pharmaceutical way or the cannabis way?
2: Instantly the cannabis way.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. So um, in Burns Lake, there's a, a pot shop
2: there then? Yes, it's called Mojo's. Okay. And I'm literally... Well, they literally call me their mascot because I always go there and they're, half of them are all my best friends.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, so in the past year you've formed a relationship with these bud tenders then? Yes.
2: And whenever I, I'm shopping, I <laughs> over here, some people say they just want to get high and get their pain taken away. I would give them little pointers, and they would say they wouldn't have enough money. I would suggest Mojo's because you get cheap, effective weed that like you can afford it, and it'll actually help. Because we have another store called Crossroads, which is, I dislike, I tried their stuff, and it's, basically, I'm just paying money to choke myself out. Oh, I've okay. wasted hundreds of dollars there I wouldn't get no affection and help And the only thing I'd end up with at the end of the day is a very sore throat
1: Oh, okay, so Mojo's seems to have uh, better cannabis products then?
2: Yes, plus they have answers for everything They can assist you, they could suggest things with crossroads, it's the complete opposite. They know nothing about anything. They refuse to help you. they refuse to suggest anything. All they want you to do is buy their products.
1: okay. I see. Um, so as you travel, you now have other places that you can go into and and buy your cannabis. When you're not home in Burns Lake, then?
2: Yes. um, For example, when I'm in Prince George, my favorite place to go is Cosmic Cannabis. Oh, okay. That's the first place I beg my driver to bring me. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) And, And you find you get good service there then, right? Yes, I do. Perfect. Okay. So, um this is your regime now this is your life you you know uh, you're taking pharmaceuticals to treat everything that you have and now with the cannabis that you're doing you tend to think that that's better than the pharmaceuticals
2: mm-hmm. it's, yes that's what I agree yeah
1: and, and it's making you um, tend to have a more normal life back to the normal life that you had before all of this began last
2: year? Yes, I'm certain of a positive intake on it and just learning to accept what I have now Mm -hmm. is what I call, well, what my friends call me is a surviving pothead. Oh, (laughs) Okay.
1: And and you see the humor in that now. You, you're not constantly in pain and, and not seeing an end to your situation, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Because okay. I am trying to survive after all, and I'm not going to deny that I'm not a pothead.
1: Right, because it's doing the trick for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and and... You'd figure that, that that's what has brought your appetite back and has taken your pain away, right? Um, a combination of flour and gummies and the THC drink, correct? Mm-hmm. And And your doctor's all on board with this?
2: Yes, they are. Um. Yeah, the only thing I wish would happen was... See if my band office, Wake By Me Nation, would give me a brand new bed. That's the only thing that keeps my pain coming back.
1: Right. And and do you think your doctor would prescribe getting a new bed for you so then that way your band would treat it as a medical situation that you needed?
2: Oh, I've given them many signed doctor's notes even from different doctors, that I need a new bed because imagine using 85 blankets just to make it decent. Oh. This bed is about 18 years old and completely worn out, and the band office won't help at all oh. because the fact that I'm on disability.
1: Oh, okay. And, and the band doesn't pay for those things then when you're on disability through them?
2: Oh, they're supposed to. They're supposed to supply all the medical suppliers and everything. If, we, if there's a problem wrong, they're supposed to fix it, but they don't, and this is why I always say I'm ashamed to be LBN. LBN? Yes, Lake Babine Nation.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. You lost me there, and I was like, What's LBN? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, yes, you'd figure that the band's. Office would help you more because I know um of other bands that do help their uh people when they're having medical um emergencies and such, and you know some bands pay for the travel to another hospital when when you have to travel you know to Vancouver or Edmonton, then the band seems to pay for that right,
2: yes. Well, my band office, they do help, but they normally help their own families before other people. So they don't really care about all members, as they claim to say they do.
1: Okay. Yes, and and so it's been a struggle for you uh, medically and, I guess, financially, too, right?
2: Yes, it has, but... That's why when someone asks me how I'm doing, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm just going to say surviving.
1: Right. Because, because that's, that's what. All,
2: that's all it really is.
1: That's w- what the mode is, is surviving day to day life, then, right? Yes. And this never occurred before last year, then. Yeah. I see. So, um, you know, it's just a complete life change to you then, right? Yes, it is. And you have your family support, your husband and your mother, and, and that's good. That's another thing that you need in your life when you're going through such a horrific time in your life is is family sur- surrounding you with love and support, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. I am very grateful that I have my older brother here, mm-hmm. my uncle to drive us, my mother to help cook and clean for me, along with my husband. Mm-hmm. So
1: what's your message? We got about a couple of minutes here, Amber. So what's the message that you would want to get out to people?
2: I would say before you agree with one doctor is to make sure you take a second opinion and don't let them take advantage of you.
1: Right. And if all else fails, to seek alternative ways of treatment.
2: Yes, that's the main thing in life is to always always experiment because there's no, there's no um, as we call it, there's, more pages in a book than just one. Exactly. So
1: on that note, thank you very much, Amberly, for letting us know uh, your experience. And I would like to thank everyone for listening today. And we will talk to you again next Monday. Take care. Have a good week. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to Community Echoes on 93one CFISFM. Community Echoes is produced by Phyllis Warren with technical assistance from Steve Smith. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 9. For past shows, check out the archives link at cfisfm.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca.
4: Broadcasting at 93.1 on the FM dial, this is CFIS-FM Prince George. Proudly sponsored by local businesses like Timberline Footfitters on Victoria next to Wendy's.